0: Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I'm Allie Kessler of Cosmo Muse, astrologist and muse of seasonal rhythm.
1: I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne, and I am the founder of Wisdom Anthologies. I am a philosopher, documentary naturalist systems and ways of knowing.
0: This is our last episode of season one of Iona. So we started last year in cancer season, and so we will start season two in cancer season next month. Mm -hmm. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, who knows what's (laughs) happening tomorrow? We're just going day by day right now, but...
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't know about the rest of y'all are. We're at
0: least finishing season two, that's something. Or season one, that's something. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, kind of at the very end of Gemini season, we wanted to give a little breathing room. We weren't even sure if we were going to do an episode for Gemini season, because we just wanted to sort of amplify other voices at the moment. But we've been getting a lot of uh, questions about the astrology, so it felt like a... Um, we were being asked to step forward. So, <laughs> and um, we both have some insights in that regard, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, last year when we started, uh, not to get too complex as we jump in, but we started with the theme of chaos. And we're right back in chaos, so mm-hmm. <laughs> last year it was around themes of feminism and uprooting the feminine and um, there's this thing about when the sun is behind the north node, it tends to be the chaos time, and so we're back at that same point. Uh, but the node travels backwards, so progressively we kind of get earlier in the season with that um. So now we're in Gemini, holding chaos, and we're really uprooting, and having massive downloads right now of information, and really understanding how community is structured, and we're seeing, well, we'll get into that later, but um, I just thought it was interesting to kind of introduce this last episode that we're sort of right back full circle. And there's some chaos. Yeah, and I think probably at the end of season two, we we'll Come full circle again somehow.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> so. the cycles, <laughs> everybody. So it's, it's this isn't the honest. last time any of y'all will be feeling <laughs> chaos. But
0: this yeah. chaos, last one was about the feminine. This one feels like the great download of like really understanding our society in a way we've been not fully blind to, but not, not activated willing. around or willing to truly um process and um reckon with I guess so um as usual we're going to start with our cards from the knowing deck by seal grove um and these were sort of we picked them with an intention of like understanding uh what needs to be talked about around chaos so you want to read yours Yeah, okay. let's start. <laughs> we'll start
1: with mine, because I yours. feel like this is where most of us are right now. <laughs> Hallie seems to be where we want to go. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I drew Neuron, and I was just like, man, I feel like we're all a little bit neurotic right now with all of the information we are downloading and processing and learning, um, especially around issues of racial injustice in our country and across the globe. And we're all having, a lot of us are having um, this pretty big reckoning. Um, It just, I don't know, it's just revealing how neurotic we've all been. Yes. In trying to convince ourselves that things are fine and working and um, they're not. And sadly, a lot, you know, um, black people and, and people of color have known this, and a lot of us have been, the rest of us have been, white people have been neurotic. So <laughs> um, so this is what it says. Um, our brains contain approximately 100 billion of these beautiful cells, each programmed to take in, translate and transmit nerve impulses within our central nervous system. They are the physical building blocks of our intelligence and are fundamental to communication are fundamental to communication, understanding and emotional intelligence in our human experience. When we are having issues with our nerves or our brain health, we might ask if there are communication challenges in our lives that seem to continue unresolved and perhaps search for an alternative approach for resolution. Our nerves ask us to investigate how well we take in information as well as transmit it and to create change where it is necessary. Am I communicating clearly and concisely? Am I receiving and accurately translating the messages of those around me? So this feels really relevant on a personal level. Um, I know we all have our some version of feeling just overwhelmed with all the information that we're taking in right now and seeing and it's mixed in with a lot of guilt and um, sadness and heartbreak and questions and um, as i'm reading this and thinking about it you know i just think the the neuroscience of the past you know two three decades that's more you know that revealed that the brain is plastic and can change and you can tr- change these neuro the neural pathways themselves and that you know we can undo a lot of learning that we've done in childhood and throughout other parts of our life and that the brain is able to do this is still relatively new science right so it's just like you know our brains have always had this ability to basically imagine something new but we get really hooked into these pathways, and they're pretty strong. And I think we've all been stuck in these layers of neurotic pathways, and now it's all being sh- we're being shown it like never before. And um, and I think one of the ways that I've been personally working through my own neuroses, and I this piece that talks about. Um, that the neuron is the physical building block of our intelligence and are fundamental to communication, understanding, and emotional intelligence and our human experience just makes me feel like that word human, right? And I feel like we've all been living inside of our neurotic heads for so long that we don't remember how to use our hearts as part of yeah. our
0: intelligence well, and it gets normalized. You know, we like predictability. Yeah. We like a rhythm, and we normalize certain things even when we sort of know that maybe it shouldn't be normalized. It's it's the predictable that we get drawn to, and I think we're reckoning with that right now in a big way.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing that this neuroses brings, like, this is chaotic, mm-hmm. and I think going back to the way we've done things is truly insanity. Yeah. You know, so it's like to go back to that chaos, I don't think anyone really want. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that want that because the people in yeah. power would love if we just all kept being neurotic. Um, if, if the <laughs>
0: systems in place that we're seeing the devastating results of benefit people it's hard to want to let that go but hopefully more and more people are coming to terms with that I think yeah and I think we're there gonna, will be a lot that will always challenge it but I think we're all gonna start to see I think this is just
1: the beginning of our reckoning right so yeah. I'm like if any if any of the discomfort we're feeling now is not about to go away it's in some ways probably going to amplify. Yes as we, we see how deep this goes, and I just hope that I personally and a lot of most of us are willing to this is a long game sort of thing we have to do and we're gonna have to be sitting in a new kind of chaos that I believe if we are willing to sit in it will lead to a better to build something better. And so it's like, you know, I'd rather sit in... We're going to be sitting in chaos either way for a while. And so I'm like, I want to consciously choose to change my neuropathways and what I think is possible. You know, and you think of just like the patterns you have in just daily life and the way you relate to people and um, just those subconscious ways you react and act, and so it's just like i we've got to be we're all being asked to be more conscious and to be more clear and to speak with more clarity yeah we've been asked to call all of this out like this is so much of what we so much of what's heartbreaking in our country is racism, yeah, and a lot of us have been shy to say that out loud for fear of offending people or whatever reasons we've had and now it's like get real clear Yeah, you've got to get really clear on what this is and what this isn't and so i think we're all getting a lot of clarity every day even though it might feel super overwhelming but
0: yeah and to tag on to you know how i introduced this episode when the sun is behind the north node. So if you've been listening to this podcast regularly, you've probably already heard me say this, but it's complex, so I'll repeat it. So signs go through in my in my philosophy 19-year cycles and when the sun re or when the north node, which is um, one of the uh Points where the moon is going to cross the ecliptic that shifts and over 19 years it will return to the same place and it moves back backwards so last year it was in cancer and it's just barely entered gemini so gemini energy is ending its 19 year cycle and at the end of a cycle you come into your biggest most porous boundaries and things start dissolving which means that The most closeted secret demons that we have come out to play, we have to witness them, we have to absorb a lot of complexity. So it's very exhausting, but we also gain tremendous understanding and it's a huge download. So that understanding, the download, the exhaustion is all um, interconnected. And the demons. <laughs> but there's yeah. also angels there, like when you surrender and you sort of accept those demons and say, I see them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get it. I don't know what to do about it, but I surrender to this. Like that's when, because we're at port's um, boundaries, there's sort of like cosmic helping hands waiting for us to get to that point and they will step in. Well, that, that makes me think about Ali was saying just as we were
1: getting going that you know Gemini is about learning and I feel like all of us are being asked to enter back into student mode and to put aside what we think we know
0: yeah
1: and to just be like you know what just just be quiet a minute and just and <laughs> listen um, <unlearn. laughs> yeah listen
0: and get a new download and yeah. and learn and and you yeah, so well, it's connecting all the information that we haven't been willing to fully connect or admit are connected, I think, um, but it's also about community, so you're seeing mm-hmm. movements like either defend or abolish the police, which um you know the those terms for people who are struggling with everything that's happening that probably feels very frightening to hear. Um, it's like, what do we do without the police? We're not safe, but that's not what I'm sure everyone (laughs) listening to this podcast knows what it means, but, um, but with Gemini, this energy that's happening being about community, it is a time to completely reconceptualize what a healthy community is. And does that look like, uh, organizations that come in and punish community or does that look like investing in communities with things that nurture and um, support them, in in education, in finances, in healthcare, healthcare, in homelessness, in mental health, like you know, it's just we need to reimagine community right now, as well as unlearn and learn uh, different neural pathways.
1: Yeah, it feels like right before you can rebuild, you have to kind of identify yeah. what is the neuroses. Totally. And I think we've all experienced that as if we've done any sort of personal self-reflection in our lives, that you have to, all of a sudden, you have that aha where you're like, oh my gosh, all this time I've been, I have my oh my gosh language, because I'm getting back into my <laughs> childhood language. Um, So I'm like, you might be getting all sorts of Heck, darn, heck and darn, and (laughs) because I've been talking to family a lot, so I've got to filter my language. Um, (laughs) um, So, but anyway, yeah, I just think it's it is that moment of just first we have to the learning is to notice it and to pay attention and to identify it so that then we can start to we can realize that these things perhaps were useful at one point to keep us safe but i don't even now as i say that of course i'm questioning it it's probably not even that um but for some reason we've thought it kept us safe
0: yeah and for me personally it has like yeah. i have not had a personal negative experience with the police yeah but i have witnessed it in a racial way and that has impacted me in a way where I've always been a little bit uh more so than maybe my family and many friends in my community more aware of the disparities and the concept of police um but we're all really getting vivid pictures of that now, and it goes way beyond what i
1: yeah
0: had concept it, it, of anyway yeah
1: it's not i feel like in some ways there's a concept but you can't envision it totally until you actually see it there, there is something about actually seeing it rather than reading it in an article or something yeah you
0: know? yeah so um okay i'll read mine so i got coyote and nettle um which is very interesting i didn't know how to react for a second but then i was like okay i I get what this means (laughs) um so remember to laugh at yourself medicine doesn't always look or feel like medicine it is said that the greatest weapon a spiritual warrior possesses is the ability to laugh at themselves we are instructed to remember that all things are both simultaneously deep Uh, deeply sacred and not sacred at all, and that we must be careful about how much and what kind of meaning we attach to anything. Coyote, the trickster who is believed to have created mankind as a joke against the gods, is the fool who brings this energy into our lives, often turning our spiritual path upside down, not because she uh, desires to torture us, but because we are uh, taking ourselves too damn seriously. We have become rigid and dogmatic in what is good and bad, right and wrong, and have lost the ability to laugh at the absurd, absurd of our own existence. This medicine can be painful, certainly, and is similar as such to that of Nettle, a teacher who reminds us that what is initially painful is almost always turned into medicine in time, so long as we can open up and perhaps laugh at what is happening within us um are you being am i being dogmatic have i lost my sense of humor about my journey and at first reading this cuz i was thinking so deeply about being aligned to the movement and i'm like this isn't funny to me like but then um that shifted to see that where we need a sense of humor is our alignment with our norms and being like these constructs that we've bought into that are cracking right now that, you know, there, that brings a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people. I feel like I'm a coyote and I'm like, crack it open, (laughs) let's do this. But I get that that is not where most people live. Um, but it is, I think, a challenge to, uh, this card is saying we need to challenge those Things that are... The dogmas. The dogmas, the things that are cracking right now. Like, how absurd that we even aligned with these constructs in our lives.
1: Yeah, it's like... I think part of the guilt a lot of us, especially white people, feel is like... How are... It is, it does feel... I'll just be honest. It's like, how are we so stupid? Like, it does seem absurd now. Where it's like... Yeah, and I just think... It is, it's, I think part of our pain is like, it's laughable, like it's It's just so insane that we ever subscribe to these dogmas within our society of this is how it's, this is just how it is. This is how it is, yeah. And everyone's got to play the game. I know for a long time, and I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, like we just have to play the game and... And hopefully use the system to overcome it. But I think we're at a place now where it's like, we can't use this system
0: no. at all. The great experiment of capitalism, I think, is yeah. failing. Yeah. Um, on that note, sort of... I feel like the challenge I've taken in the last week or so has sort of turned my lens at first I really you know and I'm still very much so listening to black voices and the stories and the lived experience and the statistics and all of it um but the the great challenge came through this week for me of like black people do not need our help they just need us to take our foot off of their fucking necks Mm. and Deal with our own bullshit, and so that's where I've been looking. Is like, what is our bullshit? What is like, they're very like having pressure on your culture and communities for that long has turned them into goddamn diamonds. So, yeah, they can rise. Yeah, we need to deal with our bullshit. We need to look at our constructs. We need to look at our hierarchies. We need to look at our systems and. They are not well systems. They are not healthy systems. And they've really, yeah, it's like time to see them as the absurdity that they are. And to come out of the denial. That this is somehow
1: working for any of us.
0: And you start pulling on these threads, um, not to to jump over the racial issues, but you start pulling at these threads and it's at the root of all of this is that capitalistic attitude that brings the mentality of property over people
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: and you know say we solve all of our racial issues in our country and figure out healthier communities we're still in this capitalistic system that's taking massive advantage of underdeveloped countries too like that's the next rung down when you start pulling the threads and I just think the whole system is wrong
1: yeah and I think a lot of people are feeling that but I think it also feels scary to say For a lot of reasons, you know, even even if like you were a full-on Bernie Sanders you know and still are you know and, and socialist I think um, I know I, part of me calling myself out on this is like I've, you know, had an activist past but then had the burnout and then you just don't want to talk to people about it anymore and you don't, and then I started avoiding even, you know, talking about different economic systems because we, especially as white people, are so fragile about them and I just got sick of having the hard conversations, <laughs> you know, and so it's just like you know, I can see my own patterns and how I how I avoided this and went into my own denial of just not wanting to basically deal with people and just hope and cross my fingers that you know another generation would make it better and yeah, and that like, okay we'll make our baby steps in this generation and then we'll baby step our way to a new system. (laughs) You know, it's kind of how I've been just in my nice, how I've kind of lulled myself into my own, um, into my own delusion. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. And it is hard to project into the future. Like, everyone's having these downloads, so are we going to peacefully break these constructs? Well, not fully peacefully, but, like, yeah, we, Are we going to torture our whole, whole nation to do this, or are we going to be able to do this fairly seamlessly in terms of a very complex thing um, because people are downloading? Like, I don't know that, you know?
1: Yeah, if enough people download... Can we do it relatively way, where we don't
0: burn the nation down or are we gonna like i don't know
1: or are we gonna have to burn it down <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's like that's where i really am right yeah, now. it's <laughs> like, like we're probably gonna have to gonna burn change. it down. <laughs> i can see that in the start yeah but is it gonna be a full yeah full on but i think that's where like <laughs> right it's like i think the more work
1: we do now yeah and the more that we we carry through with all of this energy that we've now got, and the more we we find a way to sustainably keep pushing at this level, um, that it won't build up to where we have to burn it down. Yeah, I think if some of us drop out and get too tired, and we start to dip our toes into having uncomfortable conversations, and then we have a few, and we're like, "This is too hard," or I've lost a friend here or there because yeah. of it and we then retreat, then I think we're going to have more of a build-up again. Yeah. You know, so it's just like I, I think if, if we can now continue to pay attention and to take action in the ways that we are the most useful and effective and I think everyone's trying to figure out that for themselves right now. Like, so many ways that you can get involved and make help to make real change and I think people part of the download is where what's my role in all this where am I most effective because I can't I can't do it all yeah so I think if if we do I don't know I have I'm I'm hopeful that if we can do this without starting to sweep it back under the rug that we can do it without yeah burning the entire Country town, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know if we sweep it under the rug, then everybody. So that I'm calling us all to task, like, please don't sweep it under the rug. Yeah. I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. I
0: really hope I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. Um, but it is such a crazy. This is seriously a historic. I mean, obviously, yes, yeah. but just saying it aloud, like, this is a historic moment, yeah. and what are what are we how are we going to pivot and how are we going to look back on this and say we pivoted well or not yeah um
1: And I think being willing to go through the chaos a little bit, right? To go through, like a lot of us are going to be thrown into, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. To
0: allow uncertainty and breakdown because that's actually an opportunity to reimagine.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's, so going into, you know, I've talked about the whole 19-year cycle of Gemini. And that's just like the smallest part of what's happening right now. Um, it's definitely highlighted at the moment, so it's important, and that's why I introduced it this way, but we've also, um, at the start of the year, we had the Capricorn-Pluto conjunction, and I'm an astrologer that doesn't look at things as singular, like, oh, they conjunct every 36-ish years, and that's a moment, Every planet has an interrational or an inter <laughs> um, uh, relational relational. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so much information in my head. An interrelational journey that they go on, and that is a, um, kind of a reset of the journey. But every portion of that journey means something, and at the reset part. Um, if you understand um, the hero's journey, that's the call to action. And it's the point of starting to break down the past cycle, but envisioning the new cycle has not birthed yet. You're envisioning at this point as something's breaking down. And with that relationship, we've got like eight years of breaking down. And Pluto is like power and politics and our deep dark secrets and (laughs) resources, shared resources. So uh, you could think about how our tax dollars are used and all of the different um, services our country provides with different uh, institutions. Um, It is, such a huge time to reimagine these because we've got about eight years of this breakdown cycle. Um, and Saturn is infrastructure. It's a construct and uh, corporate power. Um, so that relationship between corporate power, between our infrastructure and government and power and wealth mm-hmm. is in a moment of breaking down but re-envisioning um, it sounds scary when you just frame it as it's a time of breaking down, but when you add in that it's also a time of re-envisioning, it's uh, an opportunity. So it is uncertain, but it is an opportunity. Um, and I'm learning through this. So I've only lived through one of these and I was a tiny kid, so I didn't even know what astrology was was obviously Um, so this is my first conscious experience of a Saturn Pluto synodic reset and um, looking at it as a journey in this like 36 give or take couple years uh, cycle I when I dug into research expected to um, sort of find that I didn't expect to find a bigger pattern on top of that but I looked at the last time that this happened in Capricorn and it was exactly when uh, the King of Spain signed the edifice for slave ships to uh, travel directly from Africa to the Americas and it really opened up the transatlantic slave trade. So I was like, wow, so, you know, we have these 36 year cycles but I feel like to come full circle for a meeting in a sign, they have to come back to that meeting in that sign, which can take, because these planets travel on ellipses, there's kind of a big disparity on that timing, but it's like between 400 and 500 years. This one took 500 years. We're breaking like that, and that's probably one of several things, that, that's just like one thing that I found, but it feels like the big one. Like we're literally breaking that down right now.
1: That's amazing to me. And so
0: what's happening right now, but that's also to say like, okay, that's the one part, that's the breaking down, but what are we envisioning? And so we need to keep a really, really aware eye on how business and politics are interacting right now, because that could affect us for 400 to 500 years. Yeah, so, <laughs> so pay, attention. pay attention. Do not sweep this under I'm the rug. I'm not great with that kind of investigative work. I'm not a super political investigative and corporate investigative person, so I'm putting that on. I hope there's some people listening that are good at that and willing to dig. I've done a little bit, but... I'm
1: willing to learn and dig, but it's not my expertise in yeah. executing. Um, so I, you know, I'm, a, you know... This is, you know, igniting, reigniting in me. Like, at one time, I was very you know, active and more aware in my voting and locally, you know, like all up and down and just, and was way more, I don't know, I was way more educated and involved and this is reigniting that for me. But, um, I want to talk about the kind of reimagining piece of this. And I feel like one thing we're going to have to be really vigilant on is that, people in power and corporations and even for a lot of us our own bosses you know we're gonna continue to get this message that a better way is idealistic and it's not possible we're gonna have a lot of voices saying things like you are just coming from this idealistic place and I want to say because we've been living in our heads too long we don't trust what our hearts know is possible and we're longing for yeah a lot of us how many of us are longing for this in some form or another to reconnect with the land and yeah. to not spend our time in offices all day Totally. and the whole point of that we've sold people on capitalism is that they can get rich and in retirement they can mm-hmm. return to the land and in the meantime we don't even know how to work with the land anymore so in retirement we have to buy and hire people to help us maintain our estates out in the country because we don't know how to do it and then you know so it's just like we're buying these lives rather than building it and my little brother and I talked about that last night and um, so I think as we reimagine like don't let the naysayers yeah. win you know I'm just like and like really shake it up too yeah like
0: really Really use your imagination. Yeah, get, and
1: to just be able to, to find... be playful, even. To like. be playful. <laughs> and I think that's part of educating, so that you yeah. can be playful. And, and I think comedians are so good yes. at making these commentaries and showing the absurdity of these, yeah. re- these systems that are so damaging. And so it's like when people say things like, that's idealistic and that's impossible
0: but right now is the time to be idealistic and yeah imagine the impossible. You know, as and I possible. think
1: I think people love to tell stories like this in the tech world, right? Like the Steve Jobs stories where they're like, you know, Steve Jobs, he was just so hard-nosed and he had an idea and the designers would be like, we don't know how, the designers and engineers would be crunched on like we don't know how we're going to make this happen and he would hold them to it and say, yeah. you better make this happen. And guess what? They made it happen, so I think you know we can use the remember that we as humans are not only innovative but we have heart, yeah, and we all know what what is right and just, yeah, and we all know what we want, but we've yeah. been sold something else that we think we want, we think we want to be billionaires for some that to me is a that is an absurdity.
0: And in our world... So I just watched uh, Just Mercy last night, which is based off of the um, equal justice attorney, Brian Stevenson, who's done amazing work in our country. And he, to quote him or paraphrase, I don't know if I'm exactly quoting, so I'll say paraphrase, but he said the um, it was either the opposite or the antithesis to poverty is justice. And that's something mm-hmm. we really need to think about is... If we have poverty in our communities and country, there is not justice. So, so true. And I think. And how do we reimagine our world where that is, there's not such a gap between those? Right. And I just think, you know,
1: these stories that we've been told in some form or another really come down to this, like, you know, there is a narrative in our country whether you believe it or not, policy is based off of this for the most part, that poor people are lazy and that you just have to hustle more and you just have to learn how to work through the system. And I think we're all seeing what a lie that is. Yeah. And it's just like, the reality is, sadly, that most of us don't even own our own labor. And that's what's really becoming clear to me. Of just like... I think that's why everyone secretly wants to be... Not so secretly. That's why everyone is loving this idea of becoming an entrepreneur right because it's like then i don't have to have a boss but i can make all this money (laughs) and i can buy this life and i'm just like what what in the world have we been drinking yeah to just like or how about we just figure out how to be to work for ourselves in a way that nourishes our families and our communities um, without having to make so much money you know it was yeah. just like that to me is becoming more and more heartbreaking
0: and my my whole I I have rarely in the history of my life made decisions based on finances it's just not what I'm aligned with but <laughs> the construct of capitalism has seeped in and I still had ideas of wanting certain comfort with money and wealth, even though I didn't make decisions to well align then, to that. But mm-hmm. this is breaking that down that yeah. I was like, that was never my intention and that's never been in my heart. I've always had deep down there I just kinda got lost, um, even though it I still acted out of it. That why why do people need so much I don't understand <laughs> and I now that I'm cracking this down I'm like why did I have these desires for Same. certain amounts of Same. potential wealth I'm like I just don't I think part of that really is we're also
1: it. sold this story that the way it's the the way to be a philanthropist the only way to be a philanthropist yeah. you know doing this good for humans is, is to have money you know and so we're sold this like okay I'm gonna work the system I'm going to do things I don't necessarily agree with. I'm going to invest my money in things that I don't really agree with, but I'm going to do it so that I have a lot of money so that I'm free. What we're trying to do is buy ourselves time to be good people, you know? And to me, (laughs) that's absurd. So absurd of, like, we're trying to buy all this time and stuff in the meantime. Like, we've got to get
0: real, and I'm I'm so guilty of that, too. Spread the resources more fairly.
1: Yeah, or just, like, for real, right? Because it's just, like, anything we buy now, anything, from food to the stuff we own, anything, nothing costs what it really costs. So why don't we start paying what it costs? Yeah. Instead of having all this slave labor all around the
0: world. Yeah. Like, on every level and in every way. like. Which then might drive people to do their own labor, which then yes. drives you to be connected to nature and yes, the land and
1: which is what we all
0: really want <laughs> we all
1: like so desperately want to be connected to land and this whole system has disconnected us from the land from each other it's just a big disconnect and now we're seeing it and yeah. it's coming out in all of these injustices
0: and it's you know like I certainly don't have answers of what the specific organization should (laughs) look like, but I just know I have questions that feel so important right now. And that
1: I think it's important to keep asking those questions because people are going to try to give you nice polished answers and we're going to want those nice polished answers of like, Oh, someone is going to make it better. We can get out (laughs) of the chaos. We can get out. And it's just like resist the shiny polished, Packaged yeah. answers that people are going to start to feed us. So it's like, yeah. be alert. Don't take the shiny package. It's like it's like that scene in uh, one of the Indiana Joneses where he's looking for the Holy Grail. Yeah. And he finally gets to that, you know, he does all of his adventuring and death-defying things and he finally gets <laughs> to where they're keeping the Holy Grail and there's a whole bunch of Grails. Yeah. And he has to choose the grail and he's with that woman right
0: marion or something or and
1: she chooses the fanciest grail thinking (laughs) that this is the grail of a king right so yeah it's like like the most humble like a clay
0: pot or something (laughs) yeah it's like
1: this really humble thing so i'm almost like you guys look for the thing that's the most humble yeah look for the thing that that um would be the thing that unites us truly and and values everybody, and that we begin to pay for labor what it should be paid. You know, like mm-hmm. we're none of us are paying. We're no. we're all getting a huge discount while people are suffering. And
0: outside of just like literally paying for the labor put in, it's also recognizing things that have been normalized that don't need to be paid for that are labor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother, but. Yeah. um So, there's three more huge astrological things to cover. Get ready. I'll (laughs) save the one that's more, like, optimistic for last. Yeah. (laughs) Get the two tough ones out of the way. Here we go. So, uh, U.S., very specific U.S. one, on top of everything that's going around that everyone in the world is kind of um, feeling in some way, is the U.S. is... Rapidly approaching what's called its Pluto return. So Pluto takes, I think it's 247 years to return to a specific degree. And America has never had that return and that completely rules like our politics, our everything. Like the biggest things you can think are power. Bring it. it. (laughs) And so it is in this phase right before the reset, which is when you get a lot of dogmatic arguing. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what? so I think it's um, the beginning of 2022 when it actually resets. Yeah. So that's just gonna like, what we're having right now with all these calls to action that's going to be another one, and our whole Constitution could have to be completely rewritten, which I am not opposed to. Not that I am a like huge advocate of Thomas Jefferson. He contributed to a lot of atrocities that we're dealing with right now. But he did have some ideas that I think were... Um, very, that I can align with in certain ways. Um, and he believed that we should rewrite our constitution every 19 years. And I'm like, not, <laughs> I am not opposed to doing that. Like nope. clearly make it a living document, make it, a, we evolve as like, it should not be static that can't sustain a whole population of people that are changing and shifting. So 2022 might be the time where we finally have that, like, breaking point of, like, we need to rewrite our constitution. I'm Um, a fan of that right now. I don't know what else could come with that, but um, our political polarization, it feels pretty connected to that. Like, we're really uh, completely unable outside of just the immediate issues right now, that should be issues forever, or not issues, but like we should be conscious of forever. But, uh, I, I'm at a loss to understand how to, uh, listen to and align to Trump supporters. I don't know how to do it. Um, this dogmatic, battle right now is pretty epic and that's very much so i believe connected to this where pluto is for our nation yeah and that's going to come to a head at the start of 2022 (laughs) (laughs) there's going
1: to be some good conversations happening in the next (laughs) few years you know this is going to get (laughs) good
0: So, the other one that's really shaking us up at the moment is, and it's very active right now, um, Jupiter and Saturn meet every, um, or no, sorry, Jupiter and Pluto have their Mm -hmm. synodic return, their kind of interrelational journey, every 12 years. So, it's not as big of a deal because we get that a little bit more often, Um, but Jupiter, to me, really has a deep connection to culture and civilization. And then we've got Pluto, which is power. And so I think that is something... You know, I I think that that Saturn-Pluto with that 500-year history is very connected to our um, breaking down of racial injustice right now. But I also think that this Jupiter-Pluto is helping us really... um, see that in a much more profound cultural mm. um mm. how our whole civilization has been set up in that way too so these two planets because of retrogrades they met once i think it was in april or maybe it was early may and they're gonna meet again this summer I think in August oh man I should have written these down <laughs> okay that's coming <laughs> basically between now and uh, late fall they're meeting they've met once they're meeting two more times but they're meeting this summer is um, at the same time I think it's gonna be the biggest one and I think our coming cancer season is gonna be really interesting because all of these planets that are hovering around each other that are very big, um, they're in what's called retrograde. And that actually, if you were to take a bird's eye view of what's happening, that means that Earth is rounding it because these planets move slower than Earth. Earth is rounding a corner and it's coming up to these planets. So at the same time almost that Jupiter and Pluto have their second meetup in retrograde, the Earth is gonna be right there with it. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things, the you know, the, the Saturn Pluto and the Jupiter Pluto meetup, uh we're gonna feel that very viscerally with the Earth coming to those degrees. Uh, next month. Here we go. Here <laughs> Maybe we... mid to end of next month. Here it's going to be like the spark. Um, of some, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to scare people, but I think we're going to feel the pressure pretty dramatically. Maybe even seeing like how yeah. our economy with COVID is being affected in ways we're not quite sure of yet. That might come mm-hmm. to light. And then those two will meet up again in late fall as Jupiter goes direct and repasses um so culture and power are having a moment and kind of uh breaking something down while re-envisioning something it's again it's an opportunity even though it's very yeah. uncertain um there's tensions there's you know it's there's so many things happening right now um but the one that kind of excites me, even though it might come with a couple years of pressure and breakdown, but it, uh, it feels very like a thing we're ready for. So Jupiter and Saturn also have this pattern where they meet up. They travel at a similar rate, so it takes them 20 years because Jupiter basically has to lap Saturn to meet up. Um, so they do every 20 years, but they have this interesting um bigger pattern on top of that where for 200 years they meet in one element. And I think I kind of have already gone over this in the podcast, but it's a reminder, like all these things. um So they've been meeting up since about 1800 in earth signs, which is materialism. um Even though the Industrial Revolution was sort of underway already, it kind of really amplified that. It's about being pragmatic, being economic, being um, admiring success in a material way and um, having surety and security and property, all of that kind of stuff, which at the time that that started, anytime we start into a new element, it feels very needed. So I don't know. I can't speak too much to what was needed at, right at the 1800s, but that probably felt very refreshing to people, and like that needed shake out of it used to be fire, which was like a lot of war. We had the hmm. British-France war for like 100 years. And yeah. Warriors were still kind of there. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I'm sure there was a lot of fiery things going on. Anyway, we're moving into um, this new meetup is shifting us into 200 years of Earth Meetup. And that Mm. has a lot to do with um, equity. It has a lot to do with ideas. It has a lot to do with um, justice and fairness and beauty and um, harmonizing things. It does have a lot of polarity to it, but this need to harmonize those polarities and it is an intellectual sign but I think it's really going to relieve the earth of a lot of um on top of everything we've talked about all the environmental issues we're having now I'm, I'm hoping that this will kind of uh maybe we're gonna have a wake up with that at their exact meetup um but it it feels refreshing, even though it can come with that call to action that brings some breakdown, um, but mm-hmm. it feels needed. It feels like in the same way that, you know, that kind of earlier,
1: where you have the Industrial Revolution kind of underway, and then this amplifies it. It feels like, as you were saying that, it's like, <laughs> millennials are known for not owning much. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I feel like in some ways we've... There's a generation that what we own is debt
0: yeah
1: and and i don't think anyone really wants to own that yeah you know so i think this idea that ownership is already kind of starting to shift and change and there's been a value shift yeah you know millennials and younger generations are they want a job that's meaningful over a job that's lucrative you know Mm -hmm. so i feel like i hope that there's these seeds that are already
0: they are well and to actually address that um very astute observation is... Thank you. (laughs) um, (laughs) I sometimes generalize things because I don't want to get mired in the crazy complexity, but because you brought it up, there is a bridge time with this. So when the shift to a new element happens, um, it will present in the new element and then it will go back to the old one. Oh, right. And so it's kind of that time of like... These things have been introduced that we need to kind of restabilize as it's... Yeah. So it's not so abrupt. Um, so 1980, we did have an air meetup, and then it went back to... Uh, in 2000, to Earth. And, but now it's for good, going into 200 years of air. So we did have a little introduction. Mm-hmm. We got the computers. We got some technology... We've been left without being in the air element. So it's been a little bit of a mess. Um, But Mm. I think this will refine. I'm hoping it refines all this stuff. Um, But I do think like technology is very much so in this air quality and intellectual property more than physical property will be important. Mm. Um, But yeah, that totally, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we're ready not to own things. I think that's why maybe too like protesters yeah. are more willing to burn stuff down, right? Yeah. Because we we don't own anything. No, we don't. And so it's like, what does that even? We don't value c- it. in It's the same weird way. because
0: like corporations even own more than people. People own. Oh, for sure they do. It's So bizarre. I mean, when you think about like, think of the coyote with absurd. That. It, it is absurd. absurd. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Well, and it's yeah. And,
1: the idealist in me is, you know, like, who gets to so, own what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, another thing I wanted to address with that is these 200-year, when we do the for good shift, there tend to throughout history, and I should have written these down to give examples, but just trust me that there is research to back this up, that throughout history at these 200-year junctures, this is the um, kind of, socio-political i can't remember like the um i have it oh i um it's called i'll come back to it when i find it but it's basically sort of what society is focused on and there tend to be um whole paradigm shifts So a lot of astrologers are talking about this as like the real entry into the age of Aquarius that I'm not completely aligned on the actual age of Aquarius with this, but it is bringing in like a paradigm of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Um, And there tends to be huge leadership um, changeovers. And so I find it really interesting. So this meetup is going to happen in December uh, 21st this year. And so I find it interesting how close that is to our election. Mm -hmm. I just want to put out there that I think anything is possible. Like we might have a completely different option. I don't know if it'll be that dramatic, but I expect the unexpected in terms of this election. I don't think any of it's going to be exactly what we think. (laughs) Because what? Of this. <laughs> i don't know what is I'm not stay gonna open a, pay attention be vigilant we're <laughs> gonna make a prediction of what it is gonna be yeah. but i'm just gonna say it's probably not gonna be what we think it's gonna be so yeah. and with it being so close to our pluto return it just feels very interesting to me so
1: i think that's t- part of you know mm-hmm. and, and living in the chaos is like and getting something totally new like I love I was listening to um I don't know I, I don't think anyone really knows who she is but I I I love Chelsea Win Stanley she's a film producer and she produced one of the films she's most known for is JoJo Rabbit anyway and so I'm following her on Instagram and she's just gone home to New Zealand and so she's been quarantined and she's been doing all these like quarantine videos and in one of them you know she's talking a lot about these same issues and in one of them she said you know, why why are we sh- so sure that something we haven't tried isn't going to work? You know, and the way she said it just reminded me of like, you know, and I think we've all experienced this personally, that you have a new idea, you present it to a team or to a family member or whatever, and they shoot it down because no one's ever done it before and yet we haven't even tried it. you haven't even tried it yet. And so I think with all these unexpected things happening, that it might feel chaotic because we've never done it before but to just like be open to trying new things, trying new approaches, new, you know, and with each conversation I have, I learn a new approach, you know, yeah. and just like be open to con- to keep learning through all of this chaos, and with each uncomfortable situation and, incredi- and the ones that are even more incredibly uncomfortably so, like just keep staying open and learning And vigilant of just like, we don't want to go backwards. We want to move forward. So, um, learning to identify these things that people tell you we can't do because it's never been done before. Mm -hmm. Just like, well, so let's try it. Yeah, let's try it Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And then if we need to fix, you know, it's like when when tech does put out a new product or like a new app, you know, it goes out. And there's always, there's continual bug fixes. There's a yeah. new release, a new release, a new release. And I'm like, let's be willing to put out a new product and keep releasing it, re-release it, re-release it, fix the bugs, re-release. Yeah. And that's, I think we're, we are programmed to do that. We obviously are because we do it in so many ways and we've just absurdly been resistant to doing it with um, these social structures. Yeah. So
0: yeah I you know and I I was so hesitant to say during COVID that I don't think that our calls to action are done and I want to say it again I did say it and I was like oh that's a big pronouncement what else (laughs) could happen and
1: I mean the reality is is Our calls to action are never done.
0: No, but I mean, like, but these ones are big ones. I think we still have big ones coming this year. So,
1: and I think in some ways we all know that subconsciously because we know that this is a, this is such a big mess. Yeah, and we all have a sense that we are just beginning, which is why I think it contributes to some of the fatigue or the overwhelm that people, because it's like we all know, this is just the beginning.
0: Yeah, and it is like for some of these calls to action it will take for the biggest one it will take eight years to get to rebirth for another one it will take five years another one will take three years so we have at least three years of like the breakdown and envisioning before we get to like real rebirth territory so I think in some ways like really stay vigilant like this is a a thing that's gonna go on I think
1: it's nice to have an idea of some kind of timeline that's it's not exact right but like to have in the way that you when you are running a marathon you know how long you're gonna be how far you're gonna be running and so you train for that and you and you do these like you know you you run five miles one day the next day you're running six miles and so it's just like we're all in training here and we know you know I think it's helpful to have like it's not oh I can't wait for this year to be over it's guys, like, come on, we, we're in this for a while, and this is, are you training, are you in training so that we can get to the end of this without collapsing or our legs cramping up, you know, just like, yeah, we want to get to this feeling, to the end of this feeling strong.
0: And something to add on to this, this territory, which I call winter energy, or is the same thing as like, um, midnight to dawn, um is very group centric. So we're very exhausted during this energy, the breaking down, for some mm. of us it feels really good, for some of it it's very scary, depends on your relationship to what's breaking down. Um, but that this quarter, this breakdown quarter, the winter quarter, the night quarter, is it's about group energy. So it's not about any individual voice, um, It's about really understanding how to collaborate, how to set aside ego to think about humanity and what's coming for the future. And it is very um, creative. So, you know, just know that the group is going to hold you when you're exhausted during this. I think that's something that's encouraging (laughs) yes and I do love that and I think
1: again we also subtly know that I think we can feel that of like we're seeing even just now like all the creativity that's happening on social media with all of this and so I I think that's a good reminder reports
0: of that Mm -hmm. Seattle like Chaz what's it called? Chaz? yeah how like you know the way media is reporting on it is like very uh antifa and i don't know like really reckless but then you get the post from people inside and it's like this really beautiful creative space and i think we're going to see a lot more like kind of group coalescing and collaborating and that's how you evolve that's in astrology at least innovation is very connected to collaboration and group energy hmm. And that
1: just makes me I love that because it's like we're finally validating people's personal narratives, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, you know, for so long there wasn't proof of you know, video proof of what was happening to black people. But it's like Yeah. And no and they you know, people weren't believing them. Yeah. We weren't believing the extent to which this was happening. And and I think now part of the listening is like listening to how people are telling their own story yeah. and listen to the people, you know, inside of Chaz rather than the reporters. Yeah. And, and listen, like, listen to people and, and learn how to make your own judgment. Learn how to... um, And I think we we've left our judgment up to other people to make for us, especially mm-hmm. media. And the, you know, like, a lot of news is... We leave it up to other people to tell us what's happening. And I think now we're being asked to find out what's happening. And in a lot of cases, like with this jazz, it's like... It's actually something really lovely is happening inside. In other cases, it's horrifying what's actually happening. And I think that's how women have felt for a long time in all of these Me Too movements. Of like, why doesn't anyone believe our stories? Yeah, You know? And so I think it's like really listening to people who have the experience...
0: Yeah, and paying attention to what's coming out of the groups, the creativity that's coming out of these groups and not just in, immediately fearing them because you're not familiar with what they're doing.
1: Well and I love that it's like they to to watch what chaos actually does is it you know, it looks destructive at yeah. first. You know, they take over police precinct, they burn things down, but then immediately this growth and yeah. this creativity comes from it.
0: Well and that's I don't remember, um I'll have to look up the quote and we'll maybe post it on my internet or something yes. but someone mentioned or someone has this beautiful quote of like you're never gonna cut open a chrysalis. is that what it's called the butterfly cocoon oh uh, um a chrysalis chrysalis yeah. yeah um right before a butterfly hatches and see this beautiful magnificent thing like you can't you can't rush go it. into the chaos and expect to see what's going to birth out of it. Oh, right, right. The beauty that's going to come out of it, but you have to trust that like it's organizing in new like ways that. and yeah. um out of things that are dying. Yeah. But I think it's also just a comfort to know like if the world seems to be crumbling around you, this is a time to really find your groups because they're going to hold you right now. Yeah. So if Yeah, I mean, who knows what's to come. Maybe this will all happen in a fairly uh, evolved human way, but maybe it won't. And if things do start crumbling, it is like this is a group energy to lean into, and they will have you if you find your groups.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: And I just like completely imagine being in star wars in the rebel force i've been thinking <laughs> about this whole time actually yes. so and when i go to the absolute dystopia which i don't think is going to happen who knows but yeah. that's not like more like fantasy land like my biggest fear is like what about my dogs Like yeah. <laughs> they need our... the security of our house which i don't think is going to dissolve but um, when you do go there, there's always going to be something that, you know, you're like, well, what about Yeah, my infant? or you
1: know. Yeah, for sure. You know, you worry about the people that you love. Always. But um, I think that... I think...
0: I think... And to reiterate, I don't think we're...
1: We're not going there.
0: <laughs> but I but also, I'm just saying, if things start I think coming, it's one of those know your groups.
1: Well, I think know your groups, too, because, you know, in some ways we've become too independent. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that's going to remind us of how strong we are when we yeah. support each other and come together. And that we have a more you know that the economy doesn't include just a paycheck. That yeah. That your resources are your group and, and that you're there for each other and you can support each other in these really beautiful and creative ways.
0: And I think for US excuse me, um specifically <laughs> Um, we are such uh, on the polarity of individualism and collectivism. We are Hmm. pathologically individualists. And I think this whole process is going to wake us up to the beauty of collectivism, but we need to keep our eyes open because going to the extreme of collectivism is another pathology. So you still have to keep your... uh, own questions and inquiries alive, and um, not just buy into every single thing the group says that you're aligned with, like
1: yeah. Keep learning. Don't become keep a, keep a sheep, yeah. but
0: but understand. The beauty of groups and collectivist. Uh, potentials and and benefits, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that's. <laughs> here we go so much here we go so we got this we got
1: this everybody we
0: do I am very optimistic I'm yeah same of course you know like I don't have kids I don't have a lot of wealth I don't have a lot to lose same um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to lose. I know I'm coming from a very specific lens but I'm ready for a completely different way of imagining how human as orga- human organizations are put together and dealt with here at least
1: yeah and I'm excited for what we build that's mm-hmm. that's part of my optimism is mm-hmm. like I do get excited about like oh man I just to, think the,
0: yeah like we're both sort of envisioner type people so like really puts us in a our element I think <laughs>
1: yeah I think that's one way you know to, to use this energy to, to make it feel like you know like there is something we can do there's always yeah. something we can do so
0: You know, and you even think of, um, of course, there's plenty of really great cops out, and it's gotta be scary for them to hear, abolish, or defund the police, but I left this on a politician's page that like, who was being backed by our local police, and I was like, this shouldn't feel scary to, if you're a good cop and this all gets reimagined, you're probably in a really great place to benefit from reimagining, yeah, you know, like it shouldn't be scary for people for their industries to be re- reimagined because it could open up whole new worlds
1: and solve know? a lot of the problems and that solve, we all, uh, yeah. all exist in each of our institutions and our workplaces. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you know, I like that. If you're <laughs>
0: if you're within an industry that's yeah. being torn down right now, probably rightfully so, but maybe you're not a bad apple so to say I don't know or at least don't see yourself that way um yeah it is still an opportunity and I know it's hard to see that but it is an opportunity to yeah I think
1: a lot of us our jobs it's gonna gonna be be reimagined
0: it's gonna be re-envisioned so I would just say get on board early yeah I know
1: (laughs) I know my job that I'm so grateful to still have is is being reshaped Mm -hmm. and for the better like it's It's hard because I'm constantly measuring myself against what it used to be even just a few months ago and struggling to feel valuable in this new place because no one really knows what my job is right now. (laughs) And so that makes me worried, but also Mm -hmm. I'm trying to lean into the excitement and and take some ownership and say, I get to recreate this. I get to be part of recreating exactly what it is I do and what my purpose is and what my value is um while i still have this job because i still have that entrepreneur in me that says i want to work for myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, who does yeah so but anyway i think i think the reshaping can be really it is scary because um, you don't know what your value is anymore but i think taking a proactive and a positive optimistic i'm going to rebuild this stance is is the only way forward in any of our jobs.
0: Yeah. I think it's optimistic, but it's gonna come with some pain and some anger and some yeah things. But it's coming with a lot of uh, really creative energy too and healing so, and healing totally with healing. Yeah. So. Alright. That's uh. Mariona, path, stance, whatever. <laughs>
1: I guess we'll see you guys next season. We'll see you next season. Here we go.